You are listening to Proudly Resents. Oh, reason. I, I can't even hear you well. Hi, this is Sammy Wazell. Uh, Proudly Resents. The Cult Movie Podcast. The Adam Biggest Men Show. To all you Proudly Resents listeners out there, just remember, you can't touch on hospitality. Oh, all right. I'm going to have a smoke while I'm talking to you. I just woke up, so... You're going to get the most candid interview you probably ever had. My brain is still half asleep. Uh, full name is Anthony Terracciano. Terracciano? Terracciano. Terracciano. Yes. But uh, I use as a filmmaker, Antonio Racciano is my filmmaker's name. This is my 10th film that I'm making now, Searching for Ben Affleck. Uh, I'm on IMDb. Go ahead. No, this is Proudly Resents, ProudlyResents.com. I'm with Anthony Terracciano or Racciano, depending on who you're talking to. He's a filmmaker. Like you just said, he's made his 10th film about his experience working in uh, on the movie Argo. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your background. Well, tell me what the film Searching for Ben Affleck is about. Well, um, that's interesting. Uh, yes, this is my 10th film, but this is the only one about Argo. The other ones are about different things, and you can look me up on IMDb and then check out the movies or on Antonio Racciano Productions, my webpage there. Uh, this movie, Searching for Ben Affleck, uh, it's funny. I wanted to get into the movies, like everybody does. And you're at home watching a movie on TV, and you're like, I'd like to be in one of those. So I went to L.A., and I was in one. Argo, the one that went... A uh, movie that won the Academy Award. <clears throat> Can we do that over? I don't know. It's a natural interview. It's, you're doing fine, so you cough. No big deal. You said you're having a cigarette. I am, but I'm still like waking up, and I'm still trying to feel my way. Oh, did um, you, you you're out late last night. No, I talked to you a little after midnight, but I have all these responsibilities and my dogs and everything. So. Um, when you get up early in the morning, you have to rush around and take care of everything so that I can do this interview, which I really do want to, and I appreciate it. Uh, it just gets you a little bit hectic, and I just want to relax and do a very good interview for this, because it's very important to me, and I think people will connect to this movie. Well, okay, so you were in the movie. Well, I'm fine to keep going. So you're in Argo, and uh, I will link in our website, Proudly Resents, slash um, Tony. Uh, your um, to your website, which is the best way I think to find stuff about you, and then IMDb, and then the trail, the Kickstarter for this movie, the Ben Affleck movie. Um, well, so you're in Argo, right? What what part do you play? Okay, well, basically, let me just tell you the story of what happened there. I can sum it up pretty quickly. Basically, I wanted to be in the movies, so I joined Central Casting, and when I did that, I had I heard of an opportunity. I was working on a show. The show was called Parenthood. And I had a little part in that show, and it was fun. I'd, I'd like doing it, the TV shows, the movies. So I heard about that there was a casting call in Burbank, an open casting call for a movie called Argo. So I decide I'm going to get up early and go to it. So I go to this casting call in Burbank, and, and I don't know if anyone's ever done that, but you have to stand in line for quite a while. I was there for a little over four hours in line. You finally get up to the office there, and they have some production assistants and the casting director. They ask you a few questions, do a video of you, and uh, take your picture. 
So they were looking for basically Armenians that day. I'm not Armenian, I'm Italian, 100%. But I figured I had nothing to lose, so I'm going to go anyway. So I go, and when I get into the office, they ask me if I speak Farsi. And I said, I don't speak Farsi, but I can learn any line phonetically. And they all laughed. And uh, the next day, I get a call. And they say, the casting director tells me that Ben Affleck saw my video, and he loved it. And he had a part for me in the movie. So I'm like, great. So later in the week, I go to a costume place in Burbank, and they fit me for a waiter outfit. So I play a waiter in the movie. And that's how I got into the film. What is central casting for people who don't know? Central casting is a main hub. They supply 85, 90% of the actors that are in film, whether it be union or non-union. And you go there, you sign up, they take your picture, you fill out a questionnaire, and then you, they either call you with a job that's available that you fit, or you call a hotline and you find out what's available, and then you call them and say, I'd like to do that part, and they'll pick you if they think you're right for it. Basically, they've been in control of casting in Hollywood since the early golden years. People don't know that sometimes extras background is union. Was this a union job? I'm not in the union. I never had a chance to get the three vouchers it took at that time. You get three vouchers and then you pay your dues, which at that time was about $2,600. This is just for the extras union, not even for, right? Yeah, it's for a union that covers all of them. Whether it be background, whether it be a regular actor, it's the same, basically. As far as I know, is it different? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, well, it's obviously a different pay scale, but from what I know, from what I remember about uh, extra union extras is that, uh, you know, it's the same with any other kind of union thing. You get better benefits and better, you know, overtime and stuff like that. It just uh, depends on what you pay into it as well. I mean, we're talking people that someone like Morgan Freeman, let's say, excuse me, Morgan, for using your name in this interview, but basically he's, he's okay. in SAG, just like anyone that isn't in a background actor would be SAG. But in this particular case, when they ever have an open casting call, a cattle call, you might call it, in Hollywood for a movie, it signifies that you don't have to be in the union to go to that call. And that's what I did, because I wasn't in the union. That's why you had to stand in line so long. When you are in the union and you're a successful actor, you get an agent, the agent calls you up and says, we think you're good for this part. You go in, you don't stand in line for four hours. They get you in in an appointment, you do your audition, and then you go, basically. Well, like you said, you, were, you live in uh, Vegas, you're a filmmaker, you decided to start out as an actor, and you're starting out, so it's not, you're not at the same level as you are in other parts of your career, because this is a new part of your career. Exactly. So it's sort of trying to achieve the impossible when you're at home on your couch watching a movie and being, you know, I'd like to be in a good one of those, at least once in my life, leave a legacy, you might say. And then a year later, I end up being in the movie that won the Academy Award. It's, it's an incredible story. When you hear the whole story, it's pretty amazing how it all came about and what happened. So what happens? So you meet, uh, so the, he says, yes, I, I want to have you. They, they say, what, Ben Affleck likes you and wants you in the film, play a waiter. You get, you get your costume. Exactly. 
Exactly. Yeah, right. They call me and then they tell me that Ben saw my video and he had a special part for me in the film. So I'm like, this is fantastic. This is amazing. So I go to, I believe it was Western Costume in Burbank. It's either that or CRS. So it's the only two really big warehouses in Burbank that do costumes or wardrobe, you might say, for movies and TV shows, mostly movies. So I go there and they fit me for the waiter outfit. And I was only there for about know, an hour and a half. And then three days later, I'm on set at the Beverly Hilton Hotel to do my part, which I have no idea what the part is, except for I'm going to be a waiter. What my lines are going to be, what we're going to do. It's unknown at this point. They don't tell you whether or not you have lines. No, they don't. They just say that they just say they have a special thing for me to do. So we get about seven hours into the shoot that day. We were there around 12 hours. So everyone takes a break. We've got about 350 extras there, a big crew, trucks everywhere. I mean, it's a huge production, as you probably can imagine, all the money they put into that film. And it's a great film, you know. So Ben takes me aside and says, I got this thing for you to do now. And I'm like, great. So we start talking, Ben and I, as to what exactly we're going to do. And he tells me this concept that he'd like to, like you, you've seen the clip, right? So you know, if, you, if anyone watches the trailer, you'll see the actual clip. So I don't have to explain that part of it. Well, you, you're basically, you, um, you're in a party scene with Ben Affleck, and it's like a tracking shot, almost like um, exactly the, the famous one from Goodfellas or from Swingers. And they kind of yeah. tracked almost the two of you together, and it follows you into the kitchen. Yeah, they did a half-circle track is what they did. It was really neat. It was 180 degrees. And when the camera hit a certain point, that's, I'm standing on my mark at that point. And when the camera hits a certain point, as it circles around Ben, then I start walking, and I hit a point exactly when the camera is at a particular angle. It was very complex. So the first thing I needed to do in a film, it was very complex. But we auditioned it, or excuse me, we rehearsed it for uh, four times until we really finalized exactly what movements I was going to do, the choreography and everything. And then we shot it, and we shot it in three takes, which is pretty amazing because I worked on that film for five days total, and there wasn't any one shot in the film that we did in three takes. I mean, we were doing seven, eight, ten, twelve takes on each thing. But for this scene, we only did three takes and we nailed it. Uh, when you do the scene and the camera leaves Ben Affleck and it follows me into the kitchen, everyone told me what happened. I wasn't there because the camera was following me, but all the other extras and the PA told me that Ben ran to the monitors to see what I was doing. And he got really giddy about it and he was smiling and jumping up and down and he was real excited. And so everyone in the room was excited about it. And after I did my last take, they all gave me applause and said how great I was. Thing was, that Ben was very serious all day. We were seven hours into the shoot and he was stern. Didn't smile once the whole day. He was very serious, very focused. But after I did my scene, his whole demeanor changed. He was happy, he was easygoing, and he, it just changed everything, the tide of the nature of making the film. And you can see that or ask anyone that was on set that day how it changed everything. And, and it made me feel good that I was able to do that for him. But before we shot that scene, Ben 
he's a big guy. He's tall. I'm pretty tall, but he's taller than me. Sort of imposing, you know. And he put his arm over my shoulder and he looked me directly in the eye and he said, you're going to nail this. And I said, yeah, Ben, I am going to nail it. I'm going to do it. And, and I did. And he was very happy about it. But so anyway, everything I, sounds like it's going well. Those are your three days right. on the movie and, the, and then you're wrapped, right? Three days at the Beverly Hilton. And then I worked another two days at the Veterans Administration building up in uh, Pasadena. Uh, but th yeah, for that particular, I did it for three days. At the end of the day of the shoot, you sign your voucher. Now I'm non-union, so I had a non-union voucher. Each production has vouchers to give out that are upgrades so that you can get a bigger pay uh, for that day, you know? And I asked one of the production assistants before I signed my non-union voucher if I could get an upgrade because I certainly felt like I deserved it. I mean, I helped improvise and choreograph the scene we did. After I did the scene, Ben seemed very happy. And then after lunch that day, a production assistant came up to me and said, you should be proud of what you've done because you're going to be in the movie. Now, this is on the first week of shooting the film Argo. And you film minimum 300 hours of film. And yet, every minute, every second of film that I shot with Ben Affleck is in the film. They didn't edit any of it. It was all in there. So they told me that I was going to be, and I asked for an upgrade, and they said there wasn't any more to give out. I asked somebody else, and they said, yeah, well, the production assistant gave them out to the pretty girls because the girls know that there's vouchers available and they can get paid more money even though they're not even in the film, the finished film. They might not even have a little half a second on film, but they'll go up and they'll flirt and they'll say, do you have any extra vouchers? And they'll be like, yeah, we do. And they gave them all out before they can even give me mine that I felt like I deserved. Full disclosure, can you tell us what an extra gets paid? Right. We get paid $8 an hour, but they pay, take taxes out of it. So $8 is gross, basically. So for 12 hours of work on the film for that day, and I ended up being in the film in a pretty cool scene, I'd say, and I helped make that scene happen and improvise it and create it, I got paid less than $100 for 12 hours work that day. But you, did you know that going in, what the rate was? No, because I had auditioned for the part. So I assumed, as everybody did, that I'm at a minimum get an upgraded voucher. Why did you assume that? Because I had to audition for the part. So because you're saying I, if you just walked in based on a headshot? No, what I'm saying is that when you're an extra in a film, and on that day there were 350 extras, right. that you can easily end up on film. It's not planned out. You're just walking in the background across where John Goodman's talking or Alan Arkin or Ben Affleck or whomever it may be. You just end up on film. Well, mine isn't the case. It wasn't circumstance where I just ended up on film. It was created by me and Ben. Just because I didn't have lines in that particular scene doesn't mean that I didn't help create and choreograph that scene. There are many great scenes in film that people don't get that they get acknowledgement for. All I was asking for is acknowledgement in this film. That's what was the crux of creating this film. Because the union... What do you mean? That, well, because the union background actors that are there, the ones that had already gotten three vouchers and had already paid their dues for SAG, they got paid $300 that day. Mm -hmm. And most of them didn't even end up on film at all. Not in the finished product or even on film and the stuff on the cutting room floor. 
and yet they got paid three hundred dollars for that day, but I only got paid a hundred dollars for that day. Right, because you're not in the you know, union. Right. Okay. But but it doesn't matter because when you get up, even if you're not in the union and you have a good part, they can give you a contract on site. It doesn't have anything to do with vouchers. Doesn't have anything to do with anything. They can give you that contract, and that was what was expected of me, or what I was going to get for that day—a contract, because. I auditioned for the part. I didn't just get called in to be an extra in the film. I had to go there and prove myself, and he decided that I'd be perfect for this particular role in the film. And so he gave you directions, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, well, Ben and I came up with that whole scene together. Right. I mean, he had the concept of it following me into the kitchen, and the camera would turn to the TV to show you the uh, Iran situation in 1979 where the hostages were taken at the embassy and that's what the whole purpose of that scene was Ben was telling me before we did it that yeah the idea is that the camera's going to follow you and everyone that's watching the filmer is going to be like who is this guy where's this guy coming from we haven't seen him before that kind of thing but it was a trick kind of move where the camera goes into the kitchen and turns to the TV at the last second to show exactly why, what the point was that everybody, even at the Beverly Hilton Hotel and around the world, was watching the news coverage of the situation at the embassy in around in 79. Right. So, but you guys, so he came, he had the idea and then you guys worked on it together. Yeah, we choreographed what we were going to do, and that's what we did, yeah. But he had the basic concept of the camera turning to the TV at the end of the scene. Hey, it's ProudlyResents, ProudlyResents.com. Adam Spiegelman, very excited. Okay. Netflix, you can get it streaming free. What? At ProudlyResents.com slash Netflix. What? If you have Netflix, and there's something you watch that you liked and you want to let people know about it, Write me and I'll talk about it on the air or email a quick review. Reach us at ProudlyResents or ProudPod at gmail.com. ProudlyResents.com slash Netflix. Sign up for Netflix. Get it for free. What? But go to our Facebook page, uh, the community of people who like obscure, weird films and fun films. And, and you can post your favorite films and what's going on there. And if you want to post Netflix stuff, that is another good place. Go to Facebook. Type in Proudly Resents. And if you like any episode, please put it on your Facebook, your Tumblr, your whatever, just your Twitter. Let people know. And I appreciate everybody who's done that. That's actually made a huge difference. Later. Yeah. What is the next point? What is... Uh, well, the whole point of this uh, film, Searching for Ben Affleck, is about the injustice in Hollywood. It's not about just the money, because I'm not doing the film for money or any, kind of, any type of monetary gain whatsoever. It's about just getting IMDb credit. That's the Internet Movie Database, and it is the gold standard of keeping track of actors and producers, directors in productions in Hollywood that are pre- or post-production, whatever it may be. They control it all. Now, I'm on IMDb because this is my 10th film that I'm making. All my films are on there. Well, your credits on IMDb are, are long and, and everything. It just seems, you know, talking to you about this film in particular, it just seemed interesting that you have pretty much every credit but actor. Exactly, and that's the one I wanted. 
Uh-huh. It's the one that I'm most proud of. It's the legacy that I want to leave. Even if I don't, if I'm not fortunate enough to make another film and have another great part, at least I've left that legacy. But my name isn't even on my performance, and that is the whole reason, the catalyst for this film. Because the only thing I want, because I submitted to IMDb. I submitted more than 10 times, and I got refused every time just to show up as the waiter in Argo. Then I decided, well, I'm just going to submit it as uncredited, because you can get even uncredited um, acknowledgement for a part that you did. If you look at the IMDb page of Argo, you'll see a whole slew of actors on there that are uncredited. If you look there, in parentheses, it'll say uncredited next to their name. And yet these people aren't even in the finished product. On the other hand, I have a far superior scene than anyone that certainly isn't in the film or even a small little snippet of their head or the top of their head or their elbow or something in a scene. I'm in the scene prominently. There's nobody else in the scene but me once Ben Affleck leaves the camera. Right, you have the whole scene, the screen to yourself. I do, and all I wanted was acknowledgement, and that's what this film's about. So you're asking people to give you money for Kickstarter to make this film. What is it that they will see when when you watch this film? What are they financing? Well, they're basically going to get the inside notes of being in a film in Hollywood, what it's really like. I'll go through the whole process of how I got there, what I did, and basically it's all about getting an interview with Ben Affleck to make him aware of the injustice in Hollywood where I did this great scene. He saw my face every day for a year in the editing room when they put that film together. They didn't cut half a second of my scene out of there. So he knows me. And I think he was pleased with my work. I know he was because of his reaction of what I did and that they kept the whole performance in there. Basically want to get an interview with Ben Affleck and the whole film is basically about me and my two friends doing the craziest things in Hollywood just to get in contact with Ben, to talk with Ben and make him aware of the injustice of what happened to me and not getting the IMDB credit and to get him to aid in my cause, basically. What do you, what do you want to say to him? Like, let's say I'm Ben Affleck. You want to, let's role play. I'm going to say, Ben, do you remember Hold me? Hold on, let me, let me be Ben Affleck. <laughs> Hold on one second, I'm getting Mr. Affleck. Okay. He'll be right with you. <laughs> Connecting now. <laughs> I'm going to get an interview in person. Not Hello, I'm owner. Ben Affleck. Oh, well, all right. Um, Mr. Affleck will be in in a second. <laughs> be right in. Hello, I'm Benjamin Affleck, wow. uh, Corey's brother. <laughs> Match friend. Oh. <laughs> what, what, is, what is wrong? Why are you searching for me, Ben Affleck? Ben, I just wanted to see if you remembered me. I'm in the scene with you and Argo. That's basically what my opening line is going to be. And of course, he'll remember me. Yes, and I remember say, you. You're in uh, that scene. Respect, <laughs> with all due respect, Ben. Thank you. I don't think you're aware of the fact that I went through so much an arduous task in just trying to get an IMDb recognition for my performance in the film Argo. I contacted SAG to aid in their help. They actually went to a screening room to see, this is before the film was even done, that before it was in post-production, and they went to see my particular scene in the film to help aid in me getting an upgrade on my voucher. And they said they couldn't do that. I called the casting director that gave me the part in Argo, that made that call. And she said, well, the best I can do for you is give you more work on Argo. What she did, she sent me to the Veterans Administration building. Later on in the production, 
to work when they stampeded the embassy in 79 in Iran, but it took place at the VA in uh, Pasadena. So I uh, wrote, I contacted IMDb just to get my credit. I couldn't get it done. I wrote Ben's lawyer. I wrote his agent. I'm Ben. Oh, oh, excuse me, I forgot, yeah. You wrote my uh, agent. But, yeah, I, I, I talked to you. What, what did you want from the agent and the lawyer? What did you ask him for? Basically, all I wanted was them to be able to relay a message to you, Ben. Thank you. Just to show you, the, yes, sir, just to show you the injustice of that I'm not even getting an uncredited acknowledgement for my performance, and that's all I want. I mean, the end of the film, basically, what I'm making here is not anything. It's actually a tribute to you because I'm such a great admirer. But the only reason why I got into films to begin with, not only because it was a dream and I love movies, but I'm a writer. And I went out to LA just to push my writing. I ended up getting an agent out there and he said the best thing I could do is go to Central Casting and start getting on sets. Your writing so you agent told you to go to Central Casting? Yes. Okay. Yes. He said that I should go and get signed up so that I could end up on movie sets, TV sets, so I could meet people and, you know, I can push my writing whenever I get a chance. And that was the whole point of me even doing it, you know? And I wrote a script called The Relative Grip. This is two years before filming Argo. And there's actually a scene in that where I wrote, one of the characters talks about Ben Affleck. There's only two actors in the whole script that they talk about. One's Charlie Sheen and one's Ben Affleck. It's just an incredible coincidence that I end up on his movie set, a person that I had recognized in my script, my screenplay. But basically, it's a tribute to him. You know, my acknowledgement of his work, how much it meant to me. Even the smallest little things that are you, Ben, that you've done. Thank you. There's one scene that you did in Dogma that is phenomenal. It's a scene where they want to cross over into heaven. They're archangels, Matt Damon and you. And basically, at the end of the movie, you have to get shot. Your wings shot off. I don't know if you recall that, Ben, but basically you get your wings shot off and you have this look of pain and happiness at the same time when you're going to be able to get to heaven. And it was the most beautiful piece of acting that I had seen in so many years and nobody really truly acknowledged it. Thank you. And so this film is about not only acknowledging your work, but just showing how good of a person you are in Hollywood that you care about the injustice of the little guy. I mean, you made a great film. You've been acknowledged in every way possible at the highest degree, winning the Academy Award for the greatest or the best picture of that year, 2012, last year. That's an incredible acknowledgement. Also that you have won an Academy Award for a screenplay. Thank you. You know, Good Will Hunting. It's a brilliant film, you know? And many, many years ago, I used to have HBO, I still do, and there was a show well, called Project Greenlight. Yeah. And, go ahead. You say you have HBO? Well, yeah, I have HBO, but that's not the point. The point wow. is that you used to have a show with Matt Damon called Project Greenlight. Okay. Ultimately, <laughs> ultimately it was a submission for screenplays. And um, Battle of Shaker Heights won, starring Shia LaBeouf. And so the, that was the best screenplay according to Project Greenlight, and they made the film with Shia LaBeouf. And it, was always, it always seemed to me that Ben appreciated great writing, that he wanted to do something for the little guy in Hollywood, to give them a chance so they can be seen and acknowledged for the work that they can do. 
And it's contrary to your beliefs, it seems to me, that you would have a show project, Greenlight, which I loved. And yet, very close to you, you have a person who has done a scene that you acknowledged and loved, kept it in the film, and yet I'm not getting acknowledged for my work. Let me ask you a question. I am Ben Affleck. And okay. if I am able to help you, because basically what you want, your goal is to get on IMDb. That's the only thing I want. I just want acknowledgement for the work that I did. And what I've if done I, everything. Ben Affleck, one of the top th most powerful people in Hollywood, i.e. the world, was able to get you on IMDb in this movie, uncredited or waiter, would you still make this documentary? I would only make the documentary if I was listed as uncredited. I would want to be listed as credited in the film because I went through so much to get this credit. It wasn't only contacting IMDb and contacting Ben and his wife Jennifer and his lawyer and his agent and the casting director and, and SAG themselves. I mean, I've went through a lot of effort just to get the thing that I deserve to get to begin with without having to go through all the trouble. That's the point. The point is I never should have had to go through all that anyway, that it should be fair in Hollywood. Look, it's hard enough that you work 12 hours a day and you get paid $8 an hour gross. So you make less than $100. You know, you can't even pay your bills on that. That's why I'm still not in Hollywood. Why I'm not in LA, I'm in Vegas. Because you couldn't afford it. You can't afford to support yourself, eat and pay your rent, pay your car insurance, and work 12, 14 hours a day sometimes. And yet, you don't get paid very much money. You don't get acknowledged for your work. And all we want is just a chance to show that we can do something that is positive on film, something that's going to be a good addition to your production. That's in, all in, we want. In your trailer. For, so you're saying if IMDb uncredits you, you still make the movie, credits you as waiter, I assume, you uh, yeah. won't make the movie. Exactly. All I want now is just basically an IMDb credit. And if I do end up going through with this film, it's going to be a tribute to Ben. It's going to be something that he will So be you're not going to tribute me if you get a, a name credit, but if you get a half-ass credit, you'll make me a, a tribute. Because it's turned into something else. It's turned into an injustice. That's what the film's about. Well, do you think it's just IMDb being crappy, or do you think there's somebody out there saying it, we shouldn't give this guy a credit? He's not a hot chick. Absolutely, because... IMDB has been good to me. You can see my page. They acknowledge me as my as a producer in the films that I've made, a director, a writer. No problem. But when it comes to Argo, they're contacting the production of Argo. They're contacting whether it be, I'm not sure who it is in the production of Argo, but they're contacting them and they're not letting that credit go through into IMDB. Somebody is stopping it. And it's the same thing that day. The day that I shot the scene and I asked the production assistant can I please have an upgraded voucher? And he said they already gave them all out. Well, that seems a little bit unfair to me. Well, I am Ben Affleck, and I'd say that you're not a hot chick. So I think that's fair. Uh, say that again? As Ben Affleck, I have to say that we only give vouchers to hot chicks. And you don't sound like a hot chick. No offense. I'm <laughs> yeah, Ben, you're right. I'm not a hot chick at all. See? I just want to basically just be acknowledged for the work that I did. It's the only fair thing to do. Look, what is I the difference, can I ask you, um, yeah. between the upgraded voucher that the hot chicks get and the regular... So you get paid $8 an hour. What does and the upgrade get you? Well, basically, I'm not sure exactly what the hourly wage is, but average is three times. Wow. So if I made $100, they made $300 for that day. And they're not even union. Uh, exactly, because 
they wouldn't need an upgraded voucher if they were already in the union. It just gives them a union wage for that day. Okay. Basically. Yeah. So that's what you're asking for. And, um, oh, anything and else about, three, and yeah, it takes, excuse me, excuse me, Ben, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I interrupted an Academy Award winner, a two time Academy, Academy Award winner, but go. Yeah, excuse me. Yes, sir. But basically, um, uh, it takes three vouchers to enter the union. At that time, it did. I'm not sure what the situation is now. That that SAG has, uh, and um, they have joined with the other union, conjoined. But basically, um, it takes three vouchers to even be able to join the union. This would have been my first voucher. Uh, it would have made me on my way. You know, I only really needed two more. But now I still have zero, basically. Just at a minimum, I should have gotten a voucher. Right. It was important to me. Did you try to get a voucher in the other two days you were there? No, I didn't, because they had already turned me down on the day that I had did the scene. They were already rather rude to me, the production assistants, about me even asking, and I didn't want to go through that negativity again. So I said, fine. But here's an interesting story. Uh -huh. About two weeks later, I'm working on another production. I can't remember which one it was, because I worked on about 50 of them that year. I still have all my vouchers from all those performances. And I talked to this guy who looked just like Joe DiMaggio, interesting guy, he was 80-something years old. And he to I told him my story, and he said I should not have signed the voucher at the end of the day, and that he did it many times. And he told me a story of him and Wedding Crashers. At the end of Wedding Crashers, Will Ferrell comes out, and he's at a funeral, and he's got a hot girl under each arm. And he comes out of this house. And he looks over at the old guy, that's the Joe DiMaggio guy I'm referring to, and he's standing there with two women, too. And before that scene, the director came up to the Joe DiMaggio guy, I wish I could remember his name, excuse that, but he said, um, we don't know if Will Ferrell's going to say anything to you, but if he does, just be natural and just respond, just like you naturally would. And he said, sure, no problem. So Will comes out in the scene with a girl under each arm, at the funeral, <clears throat> and he stands there for a second holding these two girls, and he looks over at the Joe DiMaggio guy, and he goes, hey, like that. And the Joe DiMaggio guy didn't even say hey back. He just nodded and cleared his throat. It's in the film. You can see it in Wedding Crash at the very end. Anyway, according to the Joe DiMaggio guy, the first he got a residual royalty check from the film, the first one, and it was $10,000. So it's up to the discretion of the filmmaker. Now, Will Ferrell seems like a good guy. Even though he didn't say anything and was only on camera for a second and a half, they still paid him royalties. He had the upgraded voucher, and they gave him everything he deserved. Here I did a scene that is ten times longer than that, and I got no acknowledgement whatsoever, not even my name attached to my performance. So even when everyone that I know sees the movie Argo, they see me, but there's no name that goes along with it. So the only people that know that I'm in the film are people that personally know me. It's just unfair. You know, I mean, then you got to where you are now because you've had some great help and some, you've had some great advantages and you've been lucky, but you're also talented, obviously. Obviously. You know, there's no question about that. But you had people like, you know, Mr. Weinstein and uh, Miramax who believed in you. You know, maybe he took a bigger cut than he should have in Goodwill Hunting. And later on, he tried to make it up to you by giving you a million dollar check. This is way later 
way later. At least he gave you that extra million dollars, which you didn't have to do, as an acknowledgement, an appreciation for what you and Matt did. And Mr. Weinstein is rather, from what I know, I don't know him personally by reputation, maybe a bit frugal. And yet he still gave you that extra check. You know, I'm not asking for a dollar. I'm not asking for any money whatsoever. I'm just asking for my name to be on my performance so that it would help me get another job, hopefully, so that I can act again. Because it's a tough business to crack, as you well know. Have you seen Daredevil? Yes, I have. How was I? I liked it. I <laughs> liked it. I liked you working with your future wife. I thought it was amazing. I, I like everything you've done. I, in fact, Jersey Girl. You're gonna hate me for this, Geely. Yeah, Jersey Girl. It was cool. Kevin Smith. I like Kevin Smith stuff, and I like the fact that Ben is loyal to Kevin Smith. He's loyal. You know, he doesn't have to be. There's not any money to be made doing those productions. Very little. But his performance in Dogma is beyond belief. If you really look at, excuse me, your performance, it's incredible. Thank you. Um, but Jersey Girl, I liked it. I mean, Kevin Smith is a little out of the box when he's writing. He does a little crazy stuff. But, but Geely, for instance, I like that, too. I think that director, Martin Brest, is a genius. He got kicked out of Hollywood over 10 years ago. But if you look at his track record, you know, Meet Joe Black and obviously Beverly Hills Cop and my favorite Midnight Run, he's a brilliant director working with brilliant improvisational actors. For some reason, people didn't connect to Geely, and it caused this big thing because the budget, I guess, was so big, and it destroyed a lot of careers. But Ben, you made it back, bigger than what you were before. Martin Brest hasn't made it back yet. He's still in the unknown realm, and I want to bring him back. If I ever get into a chance where, you know, my writing is accepted in Hollywood and I can actually get a production going, I would certainly suggest Martin Brest as the director, just to give him another chance. Sure, it puts me at risk in my screenplay, but I believe he's a brilliant director. But the point of that is... Wait, that you wouldn't hire me? Hand. Have you seen Argo? <laughs> I'm a great director. I, I won an Academy <laughs> Award. <laughs> I don't think you would want to do my small little film, but I think it's a good opportunity to bring someone back like Martin Brett, who is incredibly talented, and that talent's going to be lost forever if no one gives him another chance. And the whole point to go full circle around that story is that everybody needs just a little helping hand here and there. And I'm not asking for a helping hand out of nowhere. I'm just asking for the acknowledgement I feel that I deserve for my performance, just to have my name on it. That's it. Well, thank you I'll very much. Way. Oh, uh, you're welcome. Do you have more? Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, Lou Cattell is the guy's name. Oh, okay. And the guy from Wedding Crashers you were just talking about. And the reason I uh -huh. know that, because yeah. he's on IMDb. I love it. Yes, see? And he didn't even have a word, and he was only on camera for a second and a half. But Will Ferrell is a fair man. He's successful. He's a good down-to-earth Well, I don't person. know if it was Will Ferrell himself, right? I mean, that... It was. Will it was. Ferrell is totally in charge of that. If he wanted to... See, that's how I feel. Why? Why, why the actor that... Because he's not even the star of Wedding Crushers. Will Ferrell's in that scene. Do you think he went up to the production manager and said make sure Lou gets full credit or do you do you think I don't he know. personally you're did, right you're right I don't know yeah, I, I don't really know. don't know exactly I assume that would be it but it seems to me that if you would just watch that scene and realize what this gentleman had gotten in that performance 
he it was uh, minute in comparison to what I had done, and I just do you I think the, you know before talking to you, I thought this was a viable question. So you, but knowing you more now from talking to you, do you think that your scene was a pivotal part of the movie, like helped it make it what it no. is? No, I mean, the only thing that it really added was a stylistic thing to the movie. So if they had cut the film for time, that scene for time, it still would have won the Academy Award. Yes, sir, it did. But they had over 300 hours of film, and they didn't cut that scene. It was important to them because it showed the style of Ben's um, direction in the film. You see, it's a cool scene if you really look at it as a filmmaker. We discussed it, you know, the tracking shot that's 180 degrees and everything. The way that he did it is cool. It's very stylistic. And I think he's great. I think he's going to be an amazing director as time goes on. I certainly do. But, yeah, I I understand your point where you're saying it wasn't pertinent to the film. It would have been the same film whether that scene was in or out. But it was to the discretion of the director to leave that scene in there a hundred percent. No, you know what? I mean, after after talking, to you, meeting you, it, yeah, that's not your point. Your point is you did more than the two a split second background work. You didn't get the credit that you think you deserve, and uh, this movie will hopefully help you get what you you're looking for. Right. The very last scene of the film will be a shot of my IMDb page with an Argo credit for me on my page. If you want support searching for uh, Ben Affleck, go to Kickstarter, go to our website, um, what did I say, proudlyresents.com slash Tony, and there'll be all the information there too. Make a comment or suggest a film at reachadam at mac.com. Join us on Facebook. If you like the show, put the episode up on your Twitter, Facebook, stumble upon, dig, you know, all those things. I'm Eddie Pepitone, and my Twitter account is at Eddie Pepitone. You have eight or nine other films, documentaries. The one that was, I wanted to know about was the time travel movie. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, it is um, my worst film, oh. <laughs> I have to say. Okay. Uh, it's a concept film that I came up with and I wanted to do on zero budget. I mean, no budget whatsoever. You know how that goes. But basically, I wanted to have a creative way to do a full-length feature film and showing my reel of all the TV shows and the movies that I was in for that year. I wanted to put into a, a creative movie, a full-length hour-and-a-half movie, and that's what I did. I created a character named James Kitchum, who's a time traveler. And basically, you know, travels through time and pertinent moments throughout history to be a part of, you know, what was going on. That was the most important at that time. But what specific question do you have about the film? Well, I, did, I didn't understand it, to be honest. Because uh, it's a documentary about a time traveler, and I was like, oh, well, this it's guy... It's not a documentary, it's not. It's, uh, it's right, actually, right, now I know it's, that. Uh, yeah, it's not at all. It's... Uh, it's, uh, it's satire is what it is. It's comedy satire. It's not a documentary at all, but it's filmed in a documentary form, like if you would see Zelig by Woody Allen from 1980, 1981, I believe. It's not real? Um, it's the same thing. It's a, it's a parody, and it's um, satire. Oh, this Creating is Ben Affleck talking. Like I thought the Gump. movie was real. Oh, yeah, like Forrest Gump, where you, you, know, you create a character that Wait intertwines into history.
Right. Um, and then what, what one do you think people should see? I'm looking at their, your list of them. I love uh, them all. I would like any Where uh, do we start with you? Well, What's you know, good... I mean, I would just say just go through them. Um, they're all, most of them are tributes to Hollywood. You know, um, their unique journey inside Hollywood is my favorite film, personally, that Which I put one? together. It's called Their Unique Journey Inside Hollywood. Oh, there you go. Yeah. It has interviews with Harold Ramis, Spike Lee, Kevin Smith, a uh, bunch of great directors, including Steven Spielberg and Martin Scorsese. And basically, they talk about how they made it in Hollywood, how they made that first step to get in the door and people see their film or what how they did... had to do to overcome. Go ahead. Oh, well, we'll link that on our webpage because I think that's important for our conversation and what people are looking for. How did you get these um, interviews? I used archival footage in uh, their unique journey inside Hollywood. If you look at my IMDb page, they'll be specifically listed, like they'll show particular actor and they'll say archival footage because I went through and searched for particular interviews where they talk about how they made it or their first step into Hollywood or, you know, how they... Tr just had the concept of wanting to be in Hollywood, but they weren't there yet, and what they needed to do, and that's basically what this it's about, that documentary, just taking the best footage I could find and weaving it together into a story that would help other aspiring filmmakers or actors that want to go to Hollywood or that are in Hollywood and haven't gotten their first chance yet. All right, just a couple more questions. What is your advice to people from your experience? about working in Hollywood? I'd say that it's the greatest business you can get into if you can get into it. And when you start out, you're going to make very little money and they're going to treat you badly. I mean, they just do. You know, when you're a background actor and you're on set for the first time, it is the most exciting thing you can ever imagine. That's if you love films like I do. And you're on there and you just can't believe it. And you just try to compose yourself because it's so important to you inside, you know? But you're going to get paid very little money. They're not going to treat you as with respect at all. They never do. It's very rare, you know. Uh, there's um, in the film their unique journey inside Hollywood. There's a there's a a snippet there of a guy that uh, was in The Sopranos. He played Big Pussy. I don't know if you remember that character. And before he made it, he was an extra on the film with Al Pacino and Sean Penn, uh, Carlito's Way. And he was just an extra. And he was sitting at one of the tables in the nightclub scene where Sean Penn is um, yelling at this Italian guy that's dancing with a beautiful girl and calling him a guinea and all this stuff. And then they all get outraged and they stand up and they're going to kick Sean Penn's butt, basically. I don't know if you remember that scene. Anyway, this particular actor that was Big Pussy and Soprano, he was just a background actor that day. And when uh, Sean Penn started yelling at the Italian dancing with a pretty girl, he stood up from the table and said, who the hell do you think you're talking to, and started speaking. So the director's like, cut, cut, what are you doing? And he's like, you're a moron, you're a background actor, you're not supposed to speak. I mean, they called him a name and everything. And so Al Pacino says, hey, you know, that works, let's leave it in. And so he was able to get the lines in Carlito's way by doing that. He got an upgraded voucher and he ended up in the finished film. So if you watch it, 
it looks like he was an actor that went to an audition and got the part and had his lines, but in reality, he was just an extra on set and decided, I have nothing to lose. So I'm just going to speak and say lines anyway when the camera's rolling and the sound's going. It was a pretty gutsy thing. In this, um, in, that's in their unique journey inside Hollywood. That snippet is in there. And he said he did it more than once. And he, most of the time they accepted his performance and he got the voucher. He, he made up his own lines and did whatever he wanted to do, you know. But he said sometimes he got kicked off set and mostly it was for television shows. But in movies... They let him do it. All right, cool. Well, uh, good luck with the film. And again, if you want to sponsor the film, you can go to Kickstarter. Uh, there's still um, about 50 days left. That's it. Nice talking to you. Good oh, luck with everything. You too. I appreciate it. Thank you for the interview. Yeah, thanks for your time. Okay, bye. Bye. Adam, that, we're, we're out of time for this interview. <laughs>